Her name is Leah. Though in more trying times, she's been Lila, Lodzia, and even a fugitive from the Reich. These days, she's just Bubby, Grandma. She was born in 1911 in Lodz, Poland, a run-down industrial town about a half-day west of Warsaw. She was the youngest of three children, whose parents had returned to Poland from the United States, where they had taken a failed stab at showbiz production. Isaac, Leah's father, had tried to organize and promote a Jewish theater company. One problem. There were no Jews in the rugged American West. He had dragged his wife, his young son, and a scrappy little circus dog halfway around the world to find his fortune in California. Maybe fame, maybe gold, whatever was to be, America was where it would all happen. That's where he would find his dreams, in America. But after five years of failure, he had bounced from town to town, odd job to odd job, only to end up penniless in a rickety freighter back to Poland. By that point, he and his wife Esther had their second child, a daughter named Evelyn, and another was coming, soon. Esther's delicate condition allowed her certain privileges on the ship. The crew cleared space for her alongside the cargo hold, where she and the few other women cared for their children. It was the only place in steerage that wasn't packed shoulder to shoulder with people. You see, in 1911, there were a whole lot of people coming to America, but there were also a whole lot leaving. For every eight people who ventured to the land of opportunity, one would return to the squalor from whence he crawled, because maybe life was actually better there. If ships bound for America were ships of dreams, then the ships leaving were ships of broken dreams, rat-infested steel tubs brimming with desperate, shattered souls. But Isaac Winter wasn't the sort to wallow. He kept busy on deck, entertaining onlookers with his violin, and he ran card games to round up a few bucks. His little dog Zola, spotted circus outcast, stayed at his ankle, always. As for Esther, she couldn't sit still long in steerage, knowing that Isaac could be up to no good on deck. She gathered the children and went topside to put an end to whatever nonsense he was up to. He was leaning over a rail, staring intently at a woman on the deck below when she found him. That son of a bitch is at it again, she thought. Isaac was known to flirt. If you spent as much time looking for Voik as you do for wine and women, I swear I'd be the richest woman in all of Poland. Isaac tried to settle her. No, no, look over there, down below. It's Millie Plotkin, the actress. At that time, Millie Plotkin was a pretty famous actress in European Jewish circles, which really wasn't such a big circle, but to someone striving to break into the business, she was big news. Come, Esther, let's go speak with her, Isaac begged, knowing damn well her usual answer. I have no interest in meeting theater actresses, Esther snapped. Isaac tried again for appearance's sake. Please, Esther, darling, maybe she'll be interested in working with me. Viking? 
What you do isn't Viking, it's hustling. Viking men bring home money. They don't sit around in parks all day with filthy little animals. As you've probably figured by now, Esther was a woman who wasn't afraid to speak her piece, or shout her piece, as the case may be. She was on a singular mission, to make Isaac a proper husband. See, their marriage had been arranged by their parents, some say as a last measure of spite in a bitter family feud, but it was probably just bad judgment. Nonetheless, if she was stuck with a lemon, she was determined to make lemonade. <laughs>